Welcome to another episode of the Pro Football Doc Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Outkick for hosting us here as well. We have a fun podcast today, post-week 16, pre-week 17, almost to the end of the season. Um, I bet a lot of you didn't think we'd make it, right, through the COVID, and now I think we see we will. There's still more hurdles to be to come, though, because in the playoffs, it's very hard to reschedule and delay games, right, without lots of consequences. So teams will need to stay vigilant. But our topic today will be decision time, and we'll go over that. We'll talk about the big injury of the week, Jared Goff, in great detail. We'll go over some of the field views, our right and wrongs, and some line movers as well. But to our main topic, decision time, here's what I'm referring to. It's not decision times for franchises like, you know, to keep your GM, to fire your GM, to fire your coach, keep your coach, who to select. Yeah, Black Monday is coming, right? And some of the moves have already been made for certain franchises. Uh, you know, the Jets are going to have some decisions to make. The Chargers have decisions to make. The Lions have already made some moves. They have decisions to make. The Jaguars as well. Atlanta. There's a lot of teams out there. But that's not the decisions that we're talking about here for decision time. Every week there are decisions to be made in the NFL, but none more than come week 17. Uh, some would call this shutdown time. Some would call this uh, playthrough time. Uh, everybody has a lot of decisions to make, and we want to go through the process a little bit from uh, top to bottom. If you're the best team in the league, let's say the Kansas City Chiefs, you've secured a first-round bye, uh, you have a decision to make. Andy Reid has a decision to make. Who do you play? Who do you rest? Um, and... Uh, you know, do you rest people week 17? You have a bye in the wild card round. So is three weeks off what you want? Do you play them? Do you not play them? Uh, all sorts of decisions there. Or if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and, you know, James Robinson with his high ankle, do you play him or not play him? Uh, look, look, we've talked about the weekly decisions with Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers and how they've gone about their decision making. All season long, they've basically said, if McCaffrey's not 100%, we are not going to play him. And that's been their mantra, I believe, and that's why he's missed all the time that he has. But the teams at the top, the bottom, and the middle all have decisions to make. Heck, uh, the New Orleans Saints made a decision uh, week 15 to put Michael Thomas on injured reserve. Why? Give him three weeks of forced rest, come back 100% for the playoffs. And that was a decision for shutdown early to make sense uh, for him. And don't get it twisted. There's a lot of things that come into decision-making time. Uh, agents come into play, contracts, what a player uh, wants to do, whether he likes the current coach or not, whether he feels vested with his teammates or doesn't, whether he's moving on, whether he's legitimately nursing an injury where he's not 100% where he normally would play through, or sometimes players are just stubborn. I mean, and so most of you probably heard the J.J. Watt rant for two minutes about how you get paid to play this game and you have to give your 100%, doesn't matter if you're out of it. And I respect that. So it's a very individual decision. But, you know, if we go to the Lions and Matthew Stafford, uh, if they want him at quarterback going forward, and who's to say who's making the decision right now because there's no GM and an interim head coach, but if ownership wants him to be the quarterback, 
maybe they sit him because they don't want him to be injured. Or maybe if the ownership doesn't want him to be the quarterback, they don't want to have cap ramifications of having to pay an injured player and keep Matthew Stafford if he were to suffer a significant injury in Week 17. So it can cut both ways. Trust me, teams think of all of this as they uh, hash it out. I've, it's a very individual decision. It's multifactorial. It's a decision between the team, the player, and medical if there's a medical issue. Just like return to play every single week is. I've always said return to play doesn't happen without unanimous agreement between the three parties, the player, medical, and the team itself. Uh, if any one of those parties can veto the return to play, same for week 17. Uh, if a player says, I don't feel up to playing, he's not going to play, especially if there's a medical issue. If medical says it's not safe, he's not going to play, even if the player wants to. If medical and the, and the player said, let's go, but the team says for contractual reasons or otherwise we're not going to, you're going to get shut down. Um, and so it's inter interesting decisions to be made. I've often said... Um, People say, is it better to rest or is it better to play uh, late in the season? I think it's an individual decision-making process. I think there are certain players who want to keep the mojo going and keep playing. And if you're, uh, let's say, on the Chiefs, to get two weeks off is a long time to develop rust. So maybe you want to play a half or a couple series or keep going. To some, you know, you need the rest, like we talked about Michael Thomas. Look, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill, who's been dealing with a little bit of hamstring issues, he's probably going to rest. Sammy Watkins with his calf injury, he's probably going to rest. Patrick Mahomes, maybe he gets a series or two and that's it. Uh, who knows? It's up to Andy Reid, and I think the key here is it has to be an individual decision. But one thing you can't forget about is you can't rest everybody. There's only 53 guys on the team. And yes, this year there's a little more roster flexibility with the practice squad call-ups. And maybe that will come into to play a little bit this season. But you have to activate 46 guys to play, to play the game. So assuming all 53 guys can play and are healthy, you can only sit seven of them. And uh, usually in that seven, there's some guys who have some injury issues. And so... Therefore, you, there's very few players you can actually sit. So the misnomer of sitting and resting guys is a little bit overblown. The max you can rest is seven guys if your entire team is healthy. Uh, so guys still have to play. It's not like a, a college where there's 100 guys on the sideline dressed up. There's only 46 dressed and only 53 on the team. So uh, basically... Uh, most guys will uh, will have to play. All right, um, let's go on to talk about Jared Goff. Of course, he's a Beast of the Week nominee for what he did, but I think it's pretty incredible here. Let's run through this. This is a fairly innocuous play, third and eight late in the third quarter, and we'll run it here for you. And you don't even see much about it. He follows through, hits his hand. He completes the pass. And uh, you don't really have anything going on. There's not even a camera on him. You'll see it a little more here as he follows through on the helmet. of. He hits his thumb, 
That's a very quick view. And there's no timeout. Right to the next snap. Right to the next snap. We'll see later that he dislocated his thumb. Next play. Short pass, but fires accurately. Right to the next play. Now they show the replay of him jamming the thumb. Jamming the thumb. And you'll see a nice close-up here. And now you go to the end of the third quarter. You can see his thumb is deformed there. We'll show it again. And you can see his thumb is deformed there. Right there. Okay. And now we're a close-up coming out of the quarter. You can see him jamming his thumb where it was bent. You can see him holding and flexing his thumb. I think he self-reduced it on the field. You see him at the quarter throwing the ball around to see if he can grip. Doesn't miss a play. It's pretty fantastic. Uh, and played pretty well in the fourth quarter with his thumb. How can this be? First of all, now there are reports confirmed that he has indeed a uh, thumb dislocation with a fracture component of some sort. And uh, that certainly is something that is tough to deal with. What makes it better, though, is if you were to fracture the base of the thumb or the metatarsal phalangeal joint or dislocation, those are much harder to deal with. I think his fracture is more distal and dislocation is more distal, which makes it a little bit easier. But still, kudos to Goff for trying to play through. Look, it's said that he may need surgery. It clearly was unstable. It was popping in and out. I hope that he could play and play well because the Rams played the Cardinals for a spot in the uh, playoffs here. Uh, I'm a little dubious that he can play and play well due to swelling and pain, and he might even need a pin or some sort of surgery in the thumb. But uh, that's all we know right now. He's undergoing evaluation. Uh, thumb is obviously pretty important to a quarterback to grip and throw. We saw last year Drew Brees with a different type of thumb injury, needed surgery, was out six weeks returned uh, quite nicely but uh, this is a big deal something to watch significantly here let's move on to uh, a couple of other things uh, keynotes uh, people have asked me a lot about this so I'll talk to you a little about it our field view injury index that we have at the website here um, you know it's not often that we give a D plus grade but here we have the Vikings against the Saints the Christmas Day game the Vikings, we know, have been impacted on defense with a C-minus grade, healthy on offense. If you look at the Vikings' defense, and you can always flip offense for defense here, but if you look at the Vikings' defense, all the linebacker issues, Kendrick's out, Jalen Holmes, the cornerback issues, we actually graded the Vikings' run defense, the Vikings' defense against the run, as a D-plus. And uh, we didn't give out many Ds this year. And I'm not saying that we anticipated seven rushing touchdowns, but there were seven rushing touchdowns, six, six by Alvin Kamara. Breeze didn't throw for a touchdown at all, but seven rushing touchdowns. So obviously the uh, Saints knew what we knew, that the Vikings' rush defense was uh, impacted. And these are some of the secrets and things that you can look at through the website, and we'll have some special uh, playoff additions uh, as well there. 
So let's go into our right and wrong segment from week 16. Uh, I get this email to me from somebody independent so they can give me some crap. Um, the uh, you know Nick Mullins elbow and elbow surgery missing the season seems correct. Daniel Jones played. Akers ruled out. Jacecki did come back. He played all right. Uh, Tyreek Hill played. Allen Robinson a go. Mostert was out. Tua was okay. Brandon Allen played. Bears defense hampered. Elliott played. Alex Smith out as we uh, indicated. Uh, obviously, we're wrong that Haskins is likely starter for the remainder of the season. Haskins is no longer uh, beyond our control, but I'm still dubious about Alex Smith playing next week. Gibson played pretty well. He did return. Uh, Keenan Allen nagging hamstring. Derek Carr surprised us. Derek Carr played on that Saturday game. That was a wrong. I did not think he would return to play. Look, I thought he had a significant uh, adductor groin strain, but look, when nine days earlier you're in street clothes, that's not a sign that you're going to play in nine days. He couldn't even be the emergency quarterback, so he certainly surprised us. And Jeff Wilson Jr. surprised us by uh, uh, playing and uh, playing pretty well for the 49ers, who, by the way, have outperformed consistently this season against the injury index. They've been often the injured team that we have picked against, and on many occasions they've risen to the occasion. So that's kudos to coaching and, and Kyle Shanahan, and that's kudos to John Lynch and management and getting good backup players. Uh, heck, their uh, defensive line could be a all-star defensive line for a lot of teams that were injured from Nick Bosa to D Ford to Zeke Ansa to uh, Solomon Thomas. Those four would be starters on almost any team, and uh, they lost all of those. And R Richard Sherman and obviously Jimmy G and George Kittle, who did come back some, and their wide receivers and their running backs, they've had a ton of injuries there. So kudos to the, to the 49ers. And uh, one more thing that we want to feature with you here is uh, line movers. Uh, before we go move on to the injury rundown, I was hesitant to do some of the line movers because week 17, you know, who's playing who and where's the effort. And, uh, and, but so far, we did find a couple line mover videos here. Um, we have um, uh, Arizona versus the Rams. So the Arizona was sitting at plus four and a half, plus five when we posted this last night. And uh, because Kyler Murray, I think, will be fine, and because uh, Jared Goff may not be fine, and Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers may not be fine, uh, that may be uh, something that, may... that we want to uh, follow along and the line may move. In addition, we talked about Tennessee versus Houston in the line movers here because uh, we're a little dubious about Deshaun Watson and his ability to play through his elbow. Tennessee has everything to play for. That line started at minus seven and a half. Tennessee needs to win to win the AFC South there. And then uh, Washington versus Philadelphia uh, line movers. Uh, we're still dubious about the quarterback position, Alex Smith being able to play. Now it's not Dwayne Haskins. It's Taylor uh, Henneke, who just got signed with the Washington football team. So that may be an interesting play there for our line movers as well. And that's what some of the, one of the other features we try and deliver at the website. 
All right, guys, um, this will uh, be our uh, last podcast. We'll go to the injury rundown next, but this will be our last podcast before the new year. If We'll have some new things for the new year, and this will be the uh, as we head into the playoffs and some New Year's resolution podcast ideas. But uh, thanks for watching along, and check out the injury uh, rundown and beasts of the week coming up uh, next in part two. All right, welcome to uh, the injury rundown portion of the Pro Football Doc podcast, our uh, post-week 16 edition, uh, pre-week 17, or post-Christmas edition, uh, pre-Happy New Year edition. Uh, one more week left of the regular season, and let's get to uh, the rundown. Obviously, Jared Goff, we're covering in the first segment of the uh, podcast here, but uh if you look at the picture here of his thumb, this is not the way a thumb should look. And, uh, you know, I think it was interesting that he heroically played through without any tape or anything on the hand or splint and actually threw fairly effectively. Word is surgery and maybe he can wait till the end of the season to do it. Is it possible to numb it and play with the splint? Maybe but I'm still a little dubious on his being able to play and be effective uh, this week as far as Jared Goff is concerned, and that obviously is a big storyline. But obviously we go over it in the first part of the podcast here. The John Watson and his elbow is uh, something else that uh, we want to talk about here. And uh, Deshaun Watson, this is what happened to his elbow. He ended up uh, getting his hand caught in someone's face mask and torquing his elbow here. The problem there is that uh, he uh, not only has he already been dealing with elbow issues, he uh, uh, ulnar nerve, ulnar collateral, uh, uh, ulnar nerve issues where it's uh, funny bone issues in that elbow. He's been dealing with that last couple of weeks, and this may aggravate that area. But you know, we went in game to some video analysis of. Uh, of uh, Deshaun Watson throwing here. And uh, we'll forward to, you can see what happened there, but more importantly, you can see this whole video at Pro Football Doc Podcast. But more importantly here, look what happens when he returns to play. This is what he returns to play. 14 seconds left, down by six. No deep throws. A lob throw underneath. His second throw. You think it's a Hail Mary or a deep throw or something or throwing further down the field the first time. Yes, he's back in the game, but this is what makes me worry that his elbow may not be 100%. They're saying he's going to play and everything, but it's a meaningless Week 16, Week 17 game. So there's another short throw, and here's a lateral. And here goes back to Deshaun Watson, and he throws across the field. That's not exactly a bullet across the field. My point is that doesn't look like a man who's 100% on his elbow He's their moneymaker. He's their main guy. I don't think he needs Tommy John surgery or anything like that. Go to the ProFootballDoc.com in-game video that we had at the site to see it all. But looking at those three th overhand throws he made after he returned to the game, late in that game, it shows me he's not 100%. And, uh, you know, I think the uh, Texans for a Week 17 meaningless may end up sitting him. I'm just saying that right now. Uh, and uh, the Titans, uh, that might make the Titans' path uh, to clinching the AFC South easier. Kyler Murray, his shin, who's hurt on the last play. His coach is playing coy. 
they're playing the Rams. Uh, you know, obviously Goff with the thumb. I think Kyler Murray is going to be fine with his shin. No real worries. Matt Stafford with his ankle on top of his ribs, on top of his thumb. You know, uh, week 17, meaningless game. Uh, no formal head coach or GM. Uh, I think he's going to end up getting shut down just for his sake. Uh, not only has he got nothing to prove and he's played through, they've got to see what's happening with him. And contractually, the last thing you want to do, Matt Stafford wants to do, or anyone on the Lions wants him to be, is injured. Uh, that would, could have some contract implications and salary Im cap Im implications. Nick Mullins did not play this week. It hasn't been announced yet whether he's going to get elbow surgery, but our initial fears of the ulnar collateral seem to be at least partially true. Uh, we'll see if he has surgery. I think he may, just for safety's sake. And then, of course, we have Alex Smith. Unfortunately, you know, look, you guys have heard me enough on here. I do not mean to doubt Alex Smith. He's been through it all. I'm just saying, as we've talked about in video here with that AFO and his missing calf muscle, it's harder for him than anyone else because of the missing calf muscle. And indeed, he did not play. Obviously, Washington really wants him to play. They've now released Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Taylor Henneke is going to get the start if Smith can't play. They really want Smith to play. I'm not sure he's going to be able to or how effective he can be yet on that calf. We've talked about it on the previous podcasts, so go back and uh, listen uh, there. Uh, wish him good luck uh, with it, but uh, the challenges are certainly there. And finally, uh, a footnote at quarterback Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was uh, his Instagram video here. He's walking. This is about three weeks after his surgery, and uh, he looks pretty good. He's on track. Well, not to overanalyze a three-week walking video, but uh, he's got a good gait. He's got a front incision for the a side incision for likely the MCL or and or patella uh, re, uh, subluxation issue, and he doesn't quite get his knee straight, but he's doing fine. He's coming along just fine for three weeks. You can see it was more than an ACL here by the incision. You see he short steps it a little bit, doesn't quite get his knee straight, but that's being overly hypercritical. He's doing fine. No issues right now at all. Going to uh, running backs, uh, one with playoff implications. Cam Akers of the Rams already missed with a high ankle sprain, and now you have Daryl Henderson with a high ankle sprain. We tweeted this uh, yesterday here. A picture and uh, if you can see this is his kneecap of his left knee this is the heel the toes pointing the other direction it's turned so far out uh, and caught in the turf uh, I think Daryl Henderson has a very significant high ankle we posted and tweeted on this in game I think there's no chance that he will play in week 17 he might even miss any playoff game uh, Cam Akers has more of a chance to play than Daryl Henderson, but honestly, it could be Malcolm Brown for the uh, L.A. Rams as they head into the playoffs. Frank Gore had a chest injury, and uh, it's now been announced as a lung contusion, which is means they're swelling, and that takes weeks to get better. So his season is for sure done. Maybe his career, a great career. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens. J.K. Dobbins injured his chest slash ribs but returned to the game. I think he should be good to go. James Robinson 
indicated that there's some continued swelling in his ankle still. There was a lot of talk about James Robinson playing last week, him saying he would play last week. And if you remember, we stuck to our gun saying he wasn't going to play. And uh, that's what happens with high ankle. And apparently this morning, Doug Marone says even without playing Sunday, he still has swelling in his ankle. I think he's shut down for the rest of the season for the Jaguars. They also have nothing to play for. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, no new word. Uh, the Chiefs are resting players anyways. They've got a buy. They've got really two buys, the Week 17 buy and the Wild Card Round buy. So we hope to see uh, Edwards-Hilaire back in the first playoff game for the Chiefs. Chase Edmonds with a hip, Duke Johnson with a neck, we'll have to see. Raheem Mostert with his ankle. They all may get, sh get shut down. And then we have uh, our weekly uh, Christian McCaffrey update all season. So the latest on Christian McCaffrey is that indeed now Matt Rule says, quote, leaning toward no on Christian McCaffrey playing week 16. Leaning toward no. Well, we've leaned toward no the whole time, right? I mean, uh, uh, after his ankle where they were conservative after his shoulder we said after the bye week and then when he tweaked his quad we were saying it may be the season and it's looking like the season right now for Christian McCaffrey not because he doesn't want to play it's just the way that uh, the Panthers have played it this season um, cam makers we talked about Jamal Williams with the quad hopefully we'll get some rest and come back uh, Alexander Madison with the concussion, Damian Harris with the ankle for the Patriots. They play tonight. Uh, he has a chance to go. Wide receivers, uh, K.J. Hamler with concussion. He's likely to end up sitting week 17. Sammy Watkins with the calf. They'll probably rest him to get him better for the playoffs. Keenan Allen with his hamstring didn't play, but a relatively meaningless situation. Hakeem Grant with a high ankle sprain and mild MCL sprain. That's going to be tough for that Dolphins receiver to play. Hopefully they can at least get Devontae Parker back from his hamstring. Julio Jones, I think, is shut down. So is uh, Golden Tate for end-of-season stuff. Kenny Galladay, I think, is shut down as well. Uh, Devo Samuel, probably the same. Terry McLaurin is going to try and play with his high ankle, but it's going to be tough. Washington obviously has the Sunday night game and a lot to play for. John Brown, we look at a return for coming for John Brown from his ankle. Um, don't know word yet on whether he may play tonight or not, but I think he's back before the playoffs, so we'll see what kind of time the, they give him. And then uh, the Browns wide receivers that were all out, they were close contacts, so it's five days. So Thursday they should be back as long as they don't test positive. Thursday they should be back. And um, let's see, Traquan Smith with the ankle. We'll see. Obviously Michael Thomas will be back full go for the uh, Saints in the playoffs. Dallas Goddard with a calf. Uh, the Eagles have nothing to play for anymore. They're officially eliminated as they play the Washington football team. Hunter Henry should come off of COVID. Uh, Evan Ingram with the ankle. Kyle Rudolph with the foot. All these injuries. Let's move on to offensive line injuries. Uh, Anthony Costanzo is a big one. He did not play with the knee and ankle issue. Left tackle. Braden Smith, the right tackle, was a COVID protocol. And the Colts sorely missed those two tackles. Uh, five sacks, lost uh, first half lead against the Steelers. They need to win to stay alive here and have a chance to, to be in the playoffs. I think uh, both could be back. Braden, Braden Smith should time out to come off of COVID. Costanzo, he plays at less than 100% all the time. So hopefully both of those people can be back. 
but there's certainly a smattering of other offensive linemen on uh, contending uh, teams as well as non-contending teams. Connor Williams left briefly for his knee but returned for the Cowboys who are still in it. Um, uh, Alex, uh, let's see, uh, uh, Wyatt Teller with the ankle is still Effie Jedrick Willis on the COVID protocol and uh, uh, on uh, the Andres Pete with an ankle issue for the Saints. He may get some rest to come back for the playoffs. The uh, Chiefs are still dealing with Mitchell Schwartz and his back issue, so some things to watch. Uh, defensive injuries, a big one is Fletcher Cox with his neck and stinger with nothing to play for, and he left the game with the stinger. I think it's unlikely that he plays against the Washington football team. Obviously, Washington needs to win to uh, advance. Alandon Roberts for the Dolphins appeared to have torn his ACL, which is unfortunate. Quan Alexander for the Saints appeared to tear his Achilles, and not good news there either. Casey Hayward with a hamstring, William Jackson with a concussion. Uh, the Steelers are still down a host of linebackers. The Bears are still down cornerbacks, as well as the Baltimore Ravens. And the list is still long, and we'll try and uh, go over all of these on our uh, field view and injury index. We'll still have the field view injury index for week 17, and we'll have some special uh, playoff uh, previews as well as soon as week 17 is over. I love how the NFL does it with the schedule changes. You know, you got a game shifted from the early slot, 1 p.m. Eastern, to the 4 p.m. slot so that every game has significance and no one has a, a free buy competitive advantage in Washington and the Eagles with the uh, Sunday night football game. And I love this balance structure. I think it's even split between morning and afternoon games and then uh, the single night game. So hopefully uh, that will uh, continue. Before we move on to the ever-popular Beast of the Week, I want to uh, show you a uh, little bit about Christmas in our household. This is kind of special and cool to me. We had a nice Christmas with the twins. And uh, my 8-year-old my son Davis, as some of you know, dressed up as Patrick Mahomes and his buddy Tyreek Hill on Halloween. And his twin sister thought of a very thoughtful gift for him. Of Patrick Mahomes football, and you can see how happy he is. Part of the joy of sports. I never encouraged him to like a certain team or anything, but he did. But I think it's so special that his uh, sister thought of that to uh, give that to him uh, and get that. Pretty assist. Uh, you know who you are out there uh, for getting that. Now, let's go on to the Beast of the Week. We can't talk about the Beast of the Week without talking about Jared Goff, who we talked about in the first segment. He dislocated his thumb and didn't even come out of the game, played the game without any tape on and finished the game. But we want to salute someone else here um, to, uh, to, uh, for the Beast of the Week. And uh, we'll find it right here for you. Real quickly here, it's Quan Alexander. So on this play, Quan Alexander uh, tears his Achilles. Watch right here, 
Quan is right here. On that back pedal step, he tears his Achilles. But why is it special? When you tear your Achilles, you kind of know, and his Achilles pops, and you can see him feeling and grabbing at it. It was an eccentric load on a back pedal. And it's unfortunate because he's been playing well after he got traded. But watch him again here. But watch what happens after he tears his Achilles. That step right there, he tears his Achilles and falls down. But watch him try and get up and make the tackle. He's on one leg. And that's what I think is special that makes him the beast of the week. He's new to the Saints. He got traded from the 49ers. It's pretty clearly an Achilles. He knows it. He limps off the field with help. But while he's on the field and he knows he has a torn Achilles, he's on the ground, a player's running towards his area, and he still tries to get up and make a tackle for his new team that he's done with, done for. He doesn't just hold his Achilles. He doesn't just, uh, you know, uh, uh, suffer with it. He walks off the field proudly when he's done, but he stays in and reaches to try and make a tackle, help his teammate make a tackle. I don't know if he got an assist on the tackle or not, but he's literally on one leg when doing it. So for that effort, we have to give Quan Alexander the beast of the week for trying to continue to play on a torn Achilles there. So that's it, it for the injury rundown portion of the Pro Football Doc podcast. Thanks for watching post-week 16, one more week of the regular season, and then on to the playoffs. Please go to uh, profootballdoc.com, especially as the playoffs arrive, and turn on or off your notifications for emails or text messages. You can set the sensitivity so we don't bug you. Or if you want all the information in a timely fashion, we'll bug you as much as you want by text or email or turn it off completely. It's, it's entirely up to you. Hope you're enjoying the website and thanks for listening. And